Hello and welcome to the Recovering from Religion podcast. Our mission here is to offer hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. What follows is the audio from selected videos posted on Recovering from Religion's YouTube channel. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let me introduce our fantastic guest. She has uh, is no stranger to RFRX, and uh, she's had several discussions of her own, um, as well as even co-hosting uh, once as well. She's just a fantastic woman, and I'm very lucky to know her and call her my friend. Mandisa Thomas, she is the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, and she currently serves on the boards for American Atheists and for the American Humanist Association. She also is a support group leader, believe it or not, for the Morrow, Georgia chapter of Recovering from Religion. And I got to tell you, she has won uh, and uh, so well-deserved so many awards, the 2020 Harvard Humanist of the Year. And she co-won that with Sukivu Hutchinson, who was also a former guest, and also the 2019 Free Thought Heroine. Um, from the Freedom from Religion Foundation, the 2019 Backbone Award from the Secular Student Alliance, and the 2018 Person of the Year for from the Unitarian Universalist Humanist Association. Mandisa, I am so glad that you're on here today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, Eric. Thank you to everyone at RFR and RFRX. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Kara. Linda and everyone who is attending this evening. Wow, I saw the chat, quite a few trolls in here. And it's interesting because we're no strangers to trolls in this community. And when I say we, I mean people of color, I mean black folks. And this is part of what I'm going to speak on this evening. Now, for those of you who have and you know who have attended previous RFRX meetings, and if you're a member of Black Nonbelievers, or if you've heard me speak previously, um, some of this information won't be new to you. To others, it may be new, and uh, and also to others who are familiar but who don't fully understand the need for uh, to support our organization. Hopefully. I'll be able to convey that this evening. Uh, so I'm going to get into the presentation uh, where I talk about everything, almost everything Black Nonbelievers, which is now one of my favorite subjects, um, because I don't just like to speak about what the problems are. I do like to encompass, encompass what include what solutions we, we have provided the support that we have provided and the healing we have provided um, along with um, the challenges that we face. So uh, hopefully you will enjoy this presentation and learn something or think about something in a different way. So this is the RFRX Spotlight on Black Nonbelievers from Recovering from Religion. So we are going to get into it. And so just a bit about me, a little bit more about me, in addition to the wonderful things Eric just said, which I certainly appreciate. I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers. I am a New York City native, born and raised in Jamaica, Queens. And actually, I wasn't formally raised religious. So Next month is my birthday. I will be 45 years old. I have no problems telling my age. And 
I grew up in a time within that in the black community, if you if you're old enough to remember that the 70s, it was a very eclectic time, you know, it was still, um, you know, pretty, there were a lot of things going on in the United States in the 70s, it was just on the heels of the civil rights movement. And uh, there were a lot of things happening. And so what there was a shift in the black community, in particular, to become more aware of black history and culture to, and to identify with black history and culture. And so in that, my parents um, started, they, they named my brothers and I African names. And uh, uh, <clears throat> also there are a lot of my peers, uh, people who, who I've come to know over the years, actually some of my cousins as well, uh, we have African names as well. And so we, we were born in this time period. And uh, fortunately enough, I also had other secular influences in my maternal grandmother, uh, who was born and raised in New Orleans. And um, I just remember growing up that there were very few references to prayer and, uh, and, and to a God or any other deity when, uh, when there were family gatherings on my mom's side. Dad's side, different story. Father went to church, hated it, and therefore is a pretty much a lapsed believer. But my mother made a concerted effort to keep my brothers and I out of the church in the, you know, to the extent where we were, we had to, you know, we had to abide by these teachings in the Bible and such. So I, but I was raised in the Black conscious community and I was raised with an acute awareness and a strong sense of, of what it meant to be proud to be Black uh, and to be proud in that identity and learning about uh, lots of Black history and culture as well as aspects of racial injustice and economic injustice uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a child. So uh, there was a lot of information and education involved. Um, it, it really, really helped uh, shape my worldview and outlook as an adult, uh, which is which I do carry with me in my family life as well as in my activism. Uh, in case you hadn't noticed, so um, this was this was very much. Now I am a classically trained singer. And so my voice instructor would um, have me sing at various churches in the New York City area growing up, particularly in the borough of Queens. And so one of the things that always stuck with me was uh, the concept of the Trinity God and how it really didn't make any sense, how uh, the God of the Bible was just seen to be worse than the devil. So these were just things that, uh, and also I read a lot as a child, read different, uh, different um, uh, forms of mythology um, uh, throughout the world. And so in comparing and contrasting these, uh, these different beliefs, uh, it just, it really gave me, again, a sense of awareness and this, this, uh, uh, the ability to, um, uh, really just kind of look and, and think, well, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I really want to identify as a Christian, right? So, you know, I've had years to, uh, reflect and and perhaps go through uh, some you know uh, go through some sense of well what do I believe in and what do I you know how you know how do I navigate 
the, this part of my life. And so eventually, you know, I came to my identity as an atheist unapologetically. And in that time of uh, Black Nonbelievers Inception, I was working full-time as the event services manager at the Centers for Disease Control's campus right near Emory University in Atlanta. And um, in, in 2018, which is now three years ago, I resigned from that job and transitioned to full-time activism. So now uh, you have my not completely undivided uh, attention and dedication to activism, but it is mostly primarily. So this is what I do now full time. And if you look in the bottom right hand corner, in the bottom corner underneath my photo here, um, you can help support my activism through my Patreon. Uh, there are some of you who are already patrons and I appreciate your patronage. And so this is what helps uh, with my activism and the ability to run Black nonbelievers along with my organizing team, some of whom are on this meeting, and I'm glad to see them here. And uh, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've worked at quite a few places, and uh, because I decided that this was where my time and my skills and my expertise was needed, and the fact that it, what what my identity and what finding community meant to me, uh, it helped me to better understand how I could contribute more uh, through the organization and through and in and in my other um, capacities. So I am a full time activist now, and I will be stressing that because supporting supporting people who are activists and and the organizers in this movement is very very important. Uh, so as Eric said, I currently serve on the boards for American Atheists, the American Humanist Association, and I also serve, I have been uh, appointed, I've been elected to the board of Humanist Global Charity, uh, and uh, so, and I also serve in other capacities with, uh, and work on other, and as, in addition to recovering from religion, I'm still, you know, a, a, a uh, facilitator, and uh, as um, as noted, uh, as Eric said, I am the recipient of the following awards. I always say that I did not get involved for the recognition, but it is nice when it comes. And last but not least, uh, I, as of 2021, May of 2021, or April rather, I am now a certified humanist celebrant. So I can perform weddings and other community services. So if you are interested in having me perform any ceremony for you, particularly a wedding ceremony, uh, please feel free to, to look me up. Uh, I'd be more than happy to perform a wedding ceremony for you. I'm certified through the Humanist Society and Universal Life Church. Uh, but I am happy to, I performed my first wedding. I did my first wedding back in May of this year. And it was, it was really, really wonderful. I am glad to be able to add that to my resume because uh, it is activism for us to be able to offer services for our growing community and our community overall is growing. And so I'm very, very happy to be a part of the Humanist the Celebrant family. Thank you very much to Gail for her endorsement of me as well as others. 
And so uh, I just had to mention that. So now we're going to get into Black nonbelievers and discussing the organization. So here's a quote from one of our longtime members that I absolutely have to start off with. And it reads, before seeing that video of you on YouTube, I really thought I was the only Black person who didn't believe in God. I then logged onto Facebook and found your organization. The joy and relief I felt seeing and meeting so many Black people who were skeptical or outright didn't believe. Thank you again for being an inspiration and bringing visibility to atheism slash secularism in the Black community. It is so needed. Now, some of you may be asking, why is there a need for an organization like Black Nonbelievers to when there are already existing organizations that challenge state church separation that offer support for people who leave religion um and these these organizations are absolutely important um why does there need to be an organization specifically or uh, specifically uh focusing on black non-believers and part of it is because again there are still so many black folks who think they are the only ones out there that are either questioning or who don't believe, but they are still surrounded by family members and friends, and they don't think that there are more of us out here. And there are definitely a lot of reasons for that when, I, and, and I'll definitely explain that uh, in a few, in, in a shortly. But when, uh, when this is, consistent feedback, even in 2021, that there are still Black folks who didn't, that, that don't think that there are others out here like them, then there is a need for an organization like ours to show that one, that there are definitely more of us and that we are also organizing, uh, we are networking, we are speaking up, even when the challenges are seem insurmountable. And so this is very, very important. So for our organization for Black Nonbelievers, we started as Black Nonbelievers of Atlanta in January of 2011. The initial, um, you know, the, the initial goal was to start a just local to the Atlanta area, a fellowship people, you know, where we got, where we got folks together, where uh, we, we just, um, you know, started networking with, where we wanted to network with other local organizations uh, in the Atlanta area and just really uh, just establish that support base here. Uh, we changed it to simply to Black nonbelievers in November of that year because uh, there was interest in starting similar groups in different cities. And because of our style of in-person events as well as the way we did it you know because as i said before you know um my my blackness is reflected in my activism and i am unapologetic about it uh, for those of you who don't really who who aren't aren't familiar with me i didn't mention this but i am i'm a huge hip-hop fan you know i'm a fan of music and almost everything that is uh, not almost everything because you know i don't like Tyler perry or anything like that but uh 
what we have um, what we have offered as an organization is you know uh, support that is definitely reflective of the black community and also of the people who can relate uh, people who are not always looking to have these very very heady conversations about philosophy and religion and such even though we do have them but it is that we are very versatile so there was interest in starting similar groups and and also to combat some of the challenges that that others were facing in predominantly white groups because sad to say as much as as much as some people don't like to admit it these things still happen so uh, we expanded our scope nationally because we wanted to um, start facilitating we, we wanted to start establishing groups in in different cities so atlanta would be the uh you know would be the headquarters and this is where we're still headquartered and so we officially became a 501c3 organization in 2014 uh, we uh, we incorporated in 2011, and that was you know a challenge. But yeah, we are we officially became a 501c3 organization, and now we are the largest and most recognized Black atheist organization within the secular community. Now that doesn't mean that there weren't uh, there were other entities um, when we first got started. Even that that even predate us. For example, African Americans for Humanism was previously a program of the Center for Inquiry, and they launched a billboard campaign back in 2012, which I was a part of. Um, there was also Black Atheists of America, which was based out of New York City, uh, which who we eventually started uh, working with. Uh, you also have Black Skeptics Los Angeles, which is still an active organization and we work with actively. Uh, so there were other groups and other organizations that already existed uh, however, as I said previously, because we were only supposed to be uh, local to the Atlanta area, um, we became Black nonbelievers of Atlanta not to try and compete with any, other, or any of these organizations uh, because our expanded mission included um, you know, evidence-based practices uh, beyond religion. We thought that Black Nonbelievers was the appropriate title for the, or the appropriate name for our organization. And so we realized that we could work in conjunction with these other organizations, whether they were dedicated or targeting people of color or just overall. Um, and so now at 10 years old, yes, we are the largest and most recognized uh, organization, and I'm very, very proud of that. And we are um, on the, we are, um, our work is uh, educational in part, and we are, uh, we are continuing the work of some historic Black atheists, humanists, and free thinkers. And here are a few names, for example, uh, for those of you, and I, I never fail to, uh, you know, to get, I, I never fail whenever I ask a question about Dr. Carter G. Woodson, for example who is basically the foundation for Black History Month. Uh, I always get that people never, they don't know who he is. They aren't familiar. Uh, he's an African-American historian, famously wrote the book, The Miseducation of the Negro in 1925. He's a Harvard graduate. And uh, again, started, uh, founded Negro History Week, which became Black History Month. And he was an avid critic of the church. 
and, and religion, along with some of these other, um, some of the other names here, some you may be familiar with. Uh, if you aren't, I highly recommend that uh, you, you do a, a quick search, uh, especially uh, Lorraine Hansberry and Zora Neale Hurston. There are many other historic Black atheist humanists and free thinkers out there for those of you who didn't think we existed previously. That's also another aspect, again, to our activism is to disrupt and redefine that narrative that Black folks have never challenged and questioned religion, which simply isn't true. And, but in order for us to redefine and disrupt this narrative, we must understand why religion defines the Black community. And that is because 79% of the Black community still identifies as religious, and this has been um, and, and this has been reconfirmed in recent peer research studies uh, as of February of this year, which which uh, confirms that 79% of the Black community, even though the number of traditionally religious is are they're they're declining. Uh, the overall numbers are still very high, especially with the Black community being approximately 12% of the United States population. And uh, this is also because slavery in the United States, in addition to slavery and enslavement around the world, but the enslavement of Africans and their descendants forced, uh, they were forced to accept Christianity. And this was a matter of law. But even after that, the Black church became a primary, primary support once slavery and Reconstruction ended and institutionalized racism was enacted and enforced. Now, for those who are critics of critical race theory, I have just a question for you. If you knew that your ancestors were trafficked to a country to build it with no compensation at all. And then once it was outlawed, once they actually started building, building, trying to build a support system for themselves and their communities, only to have it destroyed. Only to have it destroyed by legal means and also terrorist means. Uh, and which all and, and for these laws to actually be built into the fabric of how people see a certain group of people. Um, how do you think you would feel to know that this impacted your ancestors and their ability to sufficiently provide, uh, you know, a stable uh, stable life, stable, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and for, for their families and future generations. How do you think you would feel about that? And again, this doesn't negate other world atrocities, but there are some people who truly need to understand what critical race theory is, as well as understanding the institutions of racism and injustice. And this, we, we cannot talk about um, what has impacted the Black community without talking about that? Because it is a huge part of, it is a huge part of the education process and also to better understanding why the Black church became so important to so many Black people, um, which is a reason, which is one of the reasons why it can be so much more difficult because it became an institution that many Black folks relied on for support uh, and, and community. And let's not forget 
the fact that there were many historically black colleges and universities that were started as a result of religious institutions and that some are still funded by. So um, we don't, you know, we, we cannot disavow or cannot ignore the roles that uh, the church played, especially when it was needed. Um, it, of course, it doesn't excuse it because uh, you can go to you can go to Pew Research to um, to look at the the latest statistics uh, about religion in the black community. Um, but I also and and many others in this community also um, charge religion and the church with being a crippling agent for the black community uh, because even though you know, the, the attributes and, and the accomplishments that I mentioned, uh, we, we certainly can't ignore them. We certainly can't ignore this part either. So uh, religion the, the re uh, religion and the black church has hijacked the image of the black community historically and currently that there, that, that there is still very little known information about historic black humanists and freethinkers, as well as those of us who are active and the fact that the, um, there are many historic Black figures and, and icons whose atheism and free thought are downplayed, Langston Hughes, for example, um, when there are many people who admire Langston Hughes as a poet and an author, but they often either dismiss or are not aware of his critiques of religion. Uh, also, another one is uh, James Baldwin. Uh, and also, it ignores how Blacks became predominantly Christian in the United States. Now, uh, we often get the question of, well, I don't understand why there are so many people, Black old school believers. And, um, you know, this is a part of that education and understanding the institutional factors. And sadly, for many Black folks, they tend to ignore it as well, especially um, Black believers. So um, this, is, uh, this is also a part of uh, what we are trying to change. Uh, religion reinforces dependence on a savior, either believing in one and also trying to become one. And I say this because within our communities, there is still this idea that either one entity or one person can save everyone. And that is not, and that, that is just, it, it isn't even godly possible. <laughs> it, it really is not. And unfortunately, um, with the, you know, with the mindset of religion in the Black community, as well as all the other issues that are faced, people don't realize that when they leave religion behind, how much this, this this thought process carries with them, that there is this idea that there is going to be the next, either the next leader or someone who is going to carry us through, like like Moses to the promised land, and that just isn't going to happen. Uh, it, it, and, 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 and in truth, that actually hasn't been the case. There has always been, there have always been human beings that have worked on and, and fought for us. But unfortunately, the credit always goes to this, you know, to this entity called that some people call God or whatever. And that all that that does trickle down into how people think and also how they act and, and also interact with others. And of course, religion, yes, it does perpetuate homophobia, sexism, hypocrisy, 
all of that stuff. You know, it's always the, what, what do we, you know, what do parents say? Some parents say, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, you have these leaders who will say one thing in public and are doing something totally different in private and as well as mistreat and, and even torture and brutalize other, other people. Also overlooks abusive actions that are committed by religious people and leaders. And I always reference the late Bishop Eddie Long, who uh, was the is the former was the former pastor of New Birth uh, in Lithonia, Georgia, which is now headed up by Jamal Bryant, the scandalous Jamal Bryant. And uh, sufficiently, it, it takes money from the community, but doesn't sufficiently give it back. Now, of course, uh, during these pandemic times, there has been a decrease in church attendance, and there was a Gallup poll that was recently released about overall um, church attendance being down by almost 50%. However, in the Black community, support for churches is still astronomically high, and I also do not give a pass for churches providing community services, which they sufficiently receive funds for because that's what they're there for. There are many people who credit churches with um, offering uh, services for, you know, for, for people like childcare and such. Certainly they may offer it, but they don't provide it. There's a difference there. People are still paying for those services one way or another. And so, and, and the church, especially the black community and we see some of the leaders, we see your Creflo Dollars, we see the TD Jakes, and, and we see some of these mega passes, and also even your Joel Osteens with that, you know, with that crazy, ridiculous smile that so many, that so many people just love, especially Black folks. Uh, we see how they, you know, we see how they live, we see their congregations, they're, they're very, very lavish, and how are their communities faring? You know, how are the communities around them? Also, um, how are, you know, and, and who is it supporting? Is it, it, you know, is it supporting only a certain segment of the population, which we can say that in many Black communities where there is a church on almost every corner, uh, that is in, in the, in, in, in the communities uh, that surround them, uh, there is certainly, there, there is a, there, there is, a, there's a story to tell there. Uh, keeps people in fear and isolation and seeking help and solutions that are needed. It has only been in recent years that the church as a collective, the Black church as a collective, started addressing the HIV AIDS epidemic, uh, the issues that the LGBTQ plus communities and their members face. Uh, it, is, it has only been within recent years. It has been, and also it has only been recently that uh, many churches has many churches have started addressing mental health and the mental health of their members, and usually it is still rooted in some sort of spirituality and this idea that somehow you still need to turn to God in order to heal, which uh, for many people is still like a revolving door. Um, and it was previously, you know, if you had these mental issues, it was, you know, it was a demon of some sort, or it was just still very, very lacking. And it's sad to say that, yes, there are still many within the Black community who look down on mental health, and even in my own family. And uh, it, it is very heartbreaking. And uh, many of us are looking to turn around that stigma. And also, there are still a disproportionately low number of secular 
black and people of color uh, mental health professionals. So um, this is this is also a, a challenge and that we're, you know, that we're having to deal with. And of course, the fact that if you are black and you identify as an atheist, you are potentially rejecting your black identity uh, in, in many people's eyes. Um, you know, it is seen as well. You know, there and there are there are black folks who challenge the the the, the institution of the church, but as far as letting God go altogether, that is just something that black folks don't do. Uh, and if you do, it's you're you're seen as some sort of race traitor. You're seen as trying to be like one of those white people. Uh, meanwhile, it is white evangelicalism that was responsible for enslavement of many peoples in the first place. So there's irony in that. But uh, when it comes to what it means to be black and and, and coming from um, black communities or or black identities, certainly atheism isn't it still isn't seen as being one of them and which can mean extra added challenges on still a very small demographic. And so these are some of the things that if you didn't know that we dealt with them, hopefully now you do. And so for, I just wanna get into the definition of grassroots for a moment, because that, that term has been floating around in the secular community for the past few years. There has been more of an effort to try to uh, drive grassroots efforts in order to reach members. And so that definition is the most basic level of an activity or an organization and ordinary people regarded as the main body of an organization's membership. So while Black Nonbelievers as an organization doesn't have like a formal membership process, we certainly do have members and subscribers. And these are, we are just your everyday people, people who go to work, people who have families, people who are just trying to build a better life for themselves and their families. And these are the folks that we are trying to reach, especially because they are often the ones who are struggling the most with these challenges with leaving religion and also dealing with family members and friends. And again, as the most basic level could be anything. When people think of activism, you're often thinking of the protests, you're thinking of the activities that put people out in front, which are absolutely important, but many people don't realize that it's those, it's it's the you know, it's the support and the foundation that that are beyond this, that is that goes beyond the scenes or behind the scenes, and also on the smallest, on the smallest levels or even the smallest activities do help. Even if you're meeting with just five people in person, that is activism, and I just have to say that. So, what does BN do? We do provide support for primarily Blacks who have left religion and identify as, um, you know, with any secular or non-believing identity. We also provide support and, dare I say, refuge for those questioning religion in favor of leaving because it is a form of refuge. We also host and collaborate on a number of activities, including meetings, other social gatherings, service projects. We do volunteer um, on, on different with, um, you know, with, with other community organizations. We also work to increase the number of openly identified Black atheists. Now, is it required that you be out as an, an atheist to be a part of our organization? No. 
We respect people's confidentiality and anonymity, and that's always going to be important because we understand that that is a journey and that is a step that individuals have to make on their own. We don't push that. However, we do encourage open identification because guess what? Numbers matter, communities matter, and representation matters. So it does make a difference. We also guide members on how to approach the subject of non-belief with religious family members and acquaintances and, and friends. And last but not least, we feature and highlight uh, Black atheist content creators, activists, writers, and other organizations who might not otherwise be familiar to the overall secular community. If you take a look at almost any other major organization or in the events that they produce, you may see people of color in spots. You may see either one or two Black speakers, um, but within Black non-believers and knowing that there are other creators and activists out there, we, we try to centralize and bring everyone together as well as provide a res resources and a database for other organizations to, you know, to pull from, which is absolutely important. Uh, we also try to provide leadership opportunities for, for those who are interested um that's something that we're that's always a work in progress with all of our organizations but we certainly if you if you are passionate about getting involved we certainly encourage you to so here are just some a few or here are just a few examples of our activism uh if you aren't familiar with candace gorham uh she is a member she is a part of the secular therapy project she researched she previously wrote a book called the ebony exodus project which was released in 2013, which featured myself and other members of Black non-believers, other women. Uh, this book is available on Amazon.com uh, and other and pitched on publishing, if I'm not mistaken. And also you have uh, Roe, who is our Washington DC affiliate organizer, and he is participating in uh, marches and protests in the DC area, as well as with the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty and the Religious Freedom Center. I've also had the opportunity to present with them as well. Um, and we actively represent the atheist and non-religious perspective in interfaith organizations and interfaith events. Uh, we also produce, as you can see, uh, uh, we, we also produce conferences and we have other meetings. Uh, we uh, are featured in, um, in the media. We've been covered by the news. Uh, this is uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution from 2017. And this is a picture uh, at BNCCon from 2019. And you see a familiar face there in Daryl Ray and also a couple of folks who are on this meeting as well. Hello to you all. So this is just a visual example, one of the visual examples of Black nonbelievers and the work that we are doing, especially in providing support for not just our members, but also representing openly and unapologetically the atheist perspective in conversations that are needed. So we, uh, as I said before, we've had a few, um, we, we've been covered and featured quite a bit. Uh, first and foremost, in the uh, Humanist Magazine from July, August 2018. Some of you may have that issue. 
and which featured the five fierce humanists, uh, myself, Candace Gorm, Sakibu Hutchinson, Bria Crutchfield, and Liz Ross. Uh, we also have been um, have been honored to have been featured in the God Talk series, which is produced by the National Museum for African American Culture about um, Black millennials who are leaving religion and also Black folks who are, who are abandoning traditional religious beliefs. And here are just a few more um, a uh, few more um, outlets that we've been covered in, uh, Humanist, uh, Playboy, uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, some of these, uh, the CBS Sunday Morning clip is still available on YouTube if you hadn't seen it. It is from, uh, uh, yeah, it's, if, you ch uh, if you type in, um, I'm not sure if you can type in Black Nonbelievers, but uh, if you type in Challenges Facing Atheists in the U.S., you will find that clip. Um, and also we don't, we, although we exist as an autonomous organization, we do partner and we do have partners and allies in this movement. And here are just a few, including Recovering from Religion and other secular organizations, uh, because we realize that we do not exist and we do not work in this community alone. And therefore, we all work together. And even though some of our missions are similar, most of our missions are similar to many of us also have targeted demographics, which there's nothing wrong with. <laughs> As you can see here, Camp Quest is targets and specifically provides camps for children and, and uh, young adults. And you have uh, ex-Muslims in North America and uh, you have other organizations that have specific focuses and Black non-believers is no different because guess what? There is no one organization that can cover every need and that needs to be understood. And so here are our active affiliates where you can find us. There are a few more, but this is where, these are the affiliates that have active organizers, um, Atlanta, my hometown of New York City, Washington, D.C., of course, and a few. And you can find, you can uh, directly connect to those groups on our, through our website. They, we are all on Meetup. And you can, uh, you can definitely, you can subscribe to more or one or more. Because we are now also doing virtual events, we are starting to transition somewhat back into in-person uh, on a limited basis. Um, most, there are quite a few of our events that are um, virtual, so you are more than welcome to join any one or more of our affiliate groups to uh, be, get more involved. So here are some of our current programs and initiatives. Last year, we launched the True Liberation Billboard Campaign uh, and this was co-sponsored by the Steeple Free Thought Foundation on the heels of our Black family discussion about Christianity, white supremacy, and true liberation. Uh, and shortly after, uh, we, um, you know, we we uh, erected two billboards that were digital, and these were the uh, these were the images. They are now we we have turned them into bumper stickers as well. So, and this is the uh, the slogan: is free yourself from religion and find true liberation because we do advocate especially for black folks that they free themselves from those fundamental beliefs uh to start uh we also co-sponsor the zora neale herson scholarship in partnership with the secular student alliance 
and uh, this year's uh, this year's uh, applications are are open. If you know of a black college student that can benefit from the scholarship, please send them to the Secular Student Alliance's website so that they can apply. The deadline is August thirty first. And last but not least, we have our ongoing Being Changes Lives campaign, and this is our collection of stories slash testimonies from our members and allies who have either left religion behind or who didn't who didn't know that there were that there was an organization that was that was specifically dedicated to amplifying and and providing support particularly for black folks and these stories are very compelling these testimonies are very compelling uh, you find that there are people who are not just struggling with those we're leaving religion behind but there are also other things that they are struggling with and that we've also not just changed their lives but also saved them so uh, i'm very very uh, proud of that and uh, over the course of our our um, our existence we've had the good you know we, we've had the opportunity to connect with quite a few people who are still active within our organization and um you know we're again this is this is the type of work that that this when we hear and when when we hear the uh the experiences and the journeys some of which are very very heartbreaking but to know that we have been a part of affecting how their lives have changed since leaving religion and and know and them knowing that there's a support system it makes that all worth it so here's a part where i say you can help here are things that you can help uh, us do, especially if you are committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, and just being committed to this movement. So when when people of color and when Black folks specifically are speaking, do listen and learn from us. You know, come in with an open mind, be objective, and understand that secular activism goes beyond state church separation and also getting people to understand atheist identity which are important but it goes beyond that do adjust your attitudes and actions when presented with new information we are a, we are a community that prides itself on education and learning which means that when there is an area that might be a bit discomfort a bit of a discomfort to us it's important to um adjust yourself you know that the saying goes when you when you know better you do better and when people are telling you about how they've been treated um and also what they have been through uh it is important that if you even think that you might have been guilty of of perpetrating some of some of these things and it, it may not necessarily be personal but at the same time do reflect and take the time you know to think on it because that's something that we all need to do. Do check and redirect any problematic members or leaders and remove them if necessary. Now, again, this is this may be uncomfortable for some, but as our movement grows and there are more people who and there are other areas that uh, are of importance, when you have people who are stuck and they're saying that there's only one area that is important or they say that these things are important but their actions are showing something different if they continue 
especially after they have been told or warned, then it may be it may be time to remove them. You know, I, I always say that our communities and our we, we are not the church, you know, we do hold people accountable and, and we should. So when when there is when redirection doesn't work. Uh, then it's important for the growth of your organ. It's important to the growth of your organizations that if you are looking to be more diverse and be more inclusive, that you get rid of some of those problematic folks. And that's just the bottom line. Do collaborate and participate on a consistent basis. Do make sure that if you are, if you are a secular organization, or if you are, uh, if you are a member of another organization and you would like to shed more light on the secular community, do make sure that you are working with other organizations actively and not just one time. Also do have more information, do have information and resources available to those who may be looking for it. And of course, last but not least, do donate and support. As I said before, our organization is a 501c3. We are a nonprofit. So donations to us are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. And like most other organizations, we need money. There is, uh, you know, there is no getting around that. Uh, we are going to be working on rebranding our, our website soon and also implementing other, uh, other initiatives and, and other things. So we're, we're, you know, we're going to also be centralizing more of our communications as well. So, and, and your support will absolutely be needed for that. Um, here are just a few references and resources for you. Uh, you have Humanists in the Hood uh, from previous speaker, Sakibu Hutchinson, uh, among uh, some of her other works. You also have Black Freethinkers by Christopher Cameron. I wrote a piece on uh, black, uh, being a Black atheist and uh, the issues, uh, challenges that Black atheists face on CNN. And also Contradiction, A Question of Faith by Jeremiah Kamara, who is one of our longtime homies at BN. Uh, uh, he is also uh, presented with other uh, secular organizations and at other conferences as well. So these are just a few references if you are looking to learn more and you can find more on our website. So in closing this particular part of this presentation, of my presentation here, this is liberation work. These two photos were taken at this year's official Juneteenth celebration in the Atlanta area. If you look at the picture um, of me holding up the sign of Butterfly McQueen, who is another noted historic atheist, behind me on the main stage was a, was a church service that was hosted by New Birth, um, who I mentioned earlier, uh, and, and their scandalous pastor, Jamal Bryant. We were subjected to this at the Juneteenth uh, celebration, and most Juneteenth celebrations are still very religious in nature, even though um, it, it speaks to liberation and, and especially of enslavement. To help and to, to show that there are other Black folks out there who no longer believe or who never believed and that we are active in our communities is work. 
this is another part of again liberation work that is that is absolutely important to not just the black community to our members at black non-believers but also to the overall secular community and it isn't easy um we still again have a long fight ahead of us but we are doing that work we are not just waiting for things to change we're waiting for change to fall into our laps 10 years ago we decided that there was something that needed to be done about it and from there we just continue to grow and continue to engage our communities and i will tell you even though there was that big ass church service behind us on that Sunday morning, and there were many people who were on that stage, local politicians who were referencing God endlessly, we had the opportunity to uh, engage and meet a number of people who no longer believe. In fact, there was a mother and daughter who came by our table and the daughter said to the mom, see, mommy, I told you we weren't alone. And this is not the first time this has happened. We're seeing more younger people and more people in general, especially Black folks, who are coming out of those beliefs, even if they aren't there to the point where they are just outright identifying as atheists, they are, they are, come, they are getting there. And for those who are still fundamental believers, guess what? they are going to know that we are here as well and that we are unapologetic with our position we certainly are unapologetic with our marketing as you can see from our table there because this is absolutely important again for all of us we are helping people to liberate themselves and their their minds from the things that they thought they couldn't possibly be, uh, you know, that, that, that they couldn't possibly think were, 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 were valid. You know, they, they possibly, they didn't think that their questions, their doubts, that their critiques of religion were valid. And they are. And to know that there are organizations like Black nonbelievers and others, but those of us who are specifically targeting Black folks, because guess what? We are needed. To know that we are continuing to do this work, that there are people who are learning from our existence, that they are being validated by our existence, and the fact that we they know that even if they can't be out, we are out there fighting for them. We are out there advocating for them. This is the type of work that needs to be supported and that is vital to our communities. And so I, um, I'm very, very, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity to speak more about Black nonbelievers and the work we do because uh, it shows, we are showing that we are, you know, even if we don't have all of the answers, there are solutions and, and people need to know that they do have the option to let go and to be liberated and that there are other black folks who already have and who are going through it and guess what we are growing so this next slide here is a video that was um that was produced by roe who is our washington dc affiliate chapter so even if my words didn't move you tonight perhaps this video will All right. So uh, that video again was produced by Ro, who is a actual performance artist and uh, the organizer for our Washington DC affiliate. So 
Here are all of the ways that you can follow and subscribe to, to Black Nonbelievers on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and LinkedIn as well. And also you may donate and support, donate to and support BN directly on our website. You can make your contribution recurring monthly. Uh, we are on Cash App. We also accept foundation giving requests. You can also designate us as a beneficiary on your Amazon Smile. Uh, we also now have a TD Ameritrade stock account, so you can transfer stock to us. And if your organization has a workplace charitable giving program, uh, all you need is our tax ID number, which is on our website. And uh, you can designate a portion of your paycheck to benefit Black nonbelievers. We are working on becoming a part of the combined federal campaign very shortly so that federal employees can also uh, donate to us as well directly through, uh, through, through their paychecks. So, and also, we hope that you support our upcoming events. Please join Recovering from Religion in supporting this year's Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference, which will be taking place from September 24th to 26th. Uh, online streaming is available. We do have that option. If you'd like to see some amazing women of color activists, speakers, writers uh, in this movement, you'll definitely want to tune in and, or, or join us in person. Please make sure that you are either vaccinated or following the safety and social distancing protocols in person because we will. Um, but uh, there are student rates available for both in-person and online streaming. We will have uh, childcare available and also sponsorship opportunities are still available. And this is a joint production of with Black Nonbelievers, uh, the Black Skeptics Group and the Women's Leadership Project. And also, even though the time is winding down to register, there is still time to sign up for this year's BNC Con. We are back aboard the Carnival Horizon from November 7th through the 13th. Those are the ports of call, and there are some of the speakers and the activities that will take place. If you have never cruised with us, it is a wonderful and powerful experience. I highly recommend it. Uh, and if you can't consider it this year, please do consider next year. Uh, again, once again, please make sure you are fully vaccinated. Uh, if you are going on the cruise, uh, there are some uh, there are some folks here who are attending. They can attest to how much how much of a wonderful time we have, uh, and and just how great of a community experience it is. And one of the places that we'll be going on the cruise or during there is hell. So one of our stops is Grand Cayman Island and there is a town called Hell. And this is a picture from 2019 with a group of us who, and Daryl included, where we went to the town of Hell and it was pretty hot. <laughs> it was pretty hot that day, but it was just a, a wonderful experience uh, and to, to go to Hell with a bunch of heathens. So, you know, for those who always condemn us to Hell, you can actually say you went there, uh, if you, especially if you go on a cruise. So that that's a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, and uh, now I'd like to you know thank you very much once again for tuning in. Uh, we hope I hope that you enjoyed the presentation. Thank you so much to everyone who is a, or who continuously supports our organization. Uh, Recovering from Religion is a supporter. Gail, Daryl, we have many of our members here. 
please do consider joining them in your continued support for our work. Thank you. And Disa, thank you so much. What a fantastic presentation. I uh, I knew a little bit about um, Black Nonbelievers, but now I know so much more. And um, the respect that I had for you and the organization has just grown by leaps and bounds. Thank you so, so much. Uh, great presentation. Um, uh, you know, before we kind of go into the questions, we got quite a few questions here. Um, I just kind of want to say, uh, Mandisa, this is something that is unique to when we have guests of color on um, RFRX, there is an increase of trolls. This is, um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, I, I hear from uh, so many dumb people that racism doesn't exist, but to kind of see it directly uh, reflected in this small little conversation we have every single time, it's just mm -hmm. black and white. It's really apparent right, yeah. right there in front of us. So um, at, the, at the beginning, you had uh, called it out and um, as a, a kind of a, a reflexive type of thing, I sort of laughed to make myself feel comfortable, but this was uncomfortable. And um, if this is just a tiny glimpse into what people of color experience on a regular basis, then uh, I'm glad that I got it to kind of understand more what um, folks like you go through. Yeah, and this is a thing that I, I know, at least for myself, I, um, you know, this is, we just really, really want more people to understand what it is like for us and why there is a need for organizations to make those, mm -hmm. to make those efforts to, you know, to, to make more people comfortable and inclusive to make to make sure that these trolls don't get away with it because unfortunately this has been the case and under the guise of you know that free speech and people being able to express themselves that there have been people of color there have been women that that have been driven out of organizations because of a failure to um you know because of a failure to you know to to act and to and to modify and manage and um, and and uh, and and also uh, other organizations' failure to properly uh, incorporate um, good you know good leadership within their yeah. organ and, and it is and it is always a work in progress. It's not going to be easy. And thank you at you know at uh, RFR. Thank you all there for for being on top of that because you are setting a good example for other organizations that need it. That was well, um, yeah. one of the options we, oh, sorry, Carrie, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to shout out again to our awesome troll smashers, Glenda and Rob. They were very, very busy tonight. So mm -hmm. well done, guys. And also to you, Mandisa, for doing this anyway. And like Eric said, you told us ahead of time, you said, there's going to be trolls. And we said, yeah, we've got it under control. But, you know, because you experience this all the time. And, you know, this was, you know, one time in our group where we had, you know, this many trolls. And as they say, you know, the plural of anecdote is not data. But, you know, on the other hand, the plural of harassing and oppressing and violent experiences is systemic racism, functionally. And that was to your point about critical race theory or the trolls kind of made your point for you that yeah let's go ahead and move on to the questions <laughs> one of the first questions we have is kind of on a really nice lighter note um what's your favorite hip-hop hop artist 
<laughs> or who's your favorite hip hop artist? I kind of have so many, but um, a tribe called Quest is one of my favorite hip hop groups ever. Um, yeah, and on, if you have Amazon Prime, there the documentary Beats, Rhymes, and Life is available now to stream at no charge. So I highly recommend watching it. There is a awesome, an awesome history of, of hip hop, especially in the New York uh, City area back in the 70s, early 80s when it was just becoming popular. So I highly recommend watching it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, hip hop has just this um, very interesting history that actually goes, you know, beyond just New York and the United States. It actually goes back to the continent of Africa through spoken word. And so it's a way of carrying the, you know, uh, a tradition that, you know, was, was lost. And there are other cultures that have you know, your griots and your spoken word artists and such. But yeah, it, it really connects in a way. And and for those who just love it, uh, I just, I absolutely recommend it. Gosh, there's just, that's, that's just always such a tough question. <laughs> but yeah, Tropical Quest is one of my favorite groups ever. Awesome. Okay. Um, another one that somebody asked was, um, do you have any Black atheist groups that are outside of the U.S. and are the problems addressed by your group to the U.S.? Um, so there are a few. Actually, last year we collaborated with the Association of Black Humanists out of London. They were formerly the London Black Atheists, and we we um, we did a program called Atheism and Humanism across the African diaspora. So you got a chance to hear from uh, atheist humanist organizers in the UK, in South Africa, Ghana, um, India, uh, Nigeria, uh, if you're familiar with Leo Igwe and his work with uh, combating witchcraft with, with Foundation Beyond Belief as well. He just uh, he was just a recipient of their Heart of Humanism uh, Award this year. So uh, yes, there are uh, humanist organizations. You also have, um, there are a couple of uh, uh, organizations in Uganda. I think there's a there's a school, humanist school in Uganda. Uh, no, the Center for Inquiry uh, has a um, they have a branch either in Kenya or Uganda or both. You also have atheists in Kenya. Uh, there's a South African society. Yeah, if you um, there are quite a few out there. If you are interested in um, and and also on Facebook, there are some groups. Um, that some are private because there are a lot of ex-Muslims in some of those um, in some of those groups, and so they have to be very, very careful regarding privacy. So um, yeah, those are just a few. But yeah, if you take a look through our our uh, YouTube channel, you can um, you can take a look particularly at that program that we did last year with the Association of Black Humanists. I mean, it was amazing. Um, one of the, the second part of the question was, do, uh, do the groups, um, have this address similar issues that, uh, black yes. non-believers? Yes, have? absolutely. Um, and I'm sorry, I meant to, <laughs> I meant to, uh, yes, many of our, the issues that we face across the diaspora are very similar. Um, there's often, you know, many in many of their communities where there, where there are very, there's a very high concentration of religious folks, particularly within, within Black communities. And also to openly identify is, is just, is so much more challenging. But 
there are still, you know, they, they are still meeting, they are still uh, being active. And uh, yes, uh, many, of our, our, uh, many of our challenges are very, very similar. Um, of course, in certain countries, uh, in Nigeria, for example, uh, we have Mubarak Bala, who was still, I think, in prison because he, uh, you know, he was uh, one of the, uh, I think he was the president of the Humanist Association of Nigeria there. And he made a comment about Islam and he was arrested. So, you know, there was a worldwide campaign. I think he was finally able to see his attorney. But yeah, in some countries, being an open atheist means you is still punishable by death. And so I think that over here in this country where we are able to actually say something and do something about it, uh, there is a bit of, I think, and, and um, I, don't try to, I don't try to push this on people, but we have an opportunity to mobilize and, and make our voices heard for those who can't. And yes, uh, many of our organizations, we, we do find that we are facing many of the same challenges. Yeah, I was just going to confirm with you. Uh, you mentioned the name of a documentary. Um, could you say that one more time? I, I think we got it in the chat, but some people were asking um, what that uh, documentary was. it about related to religion or? Uh, about hip hop music. Oh, it's called Beats, Rhymes, and Life uh, about a tribe called Quest. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, several people were interested in looking that up. Yes. Perfect. All right. Uh, the next question is, does Black non-believers do they have virtual meetings for folks who don't live in cities where you have the chapters? Like as in, uh, if I um, uh, was a Black person living in, say, Springfield, Missouri, um, mm -hmm. would, uh, would I be able to attend a meeting? Absolutely. So you can join any one of the meetup groups to uh, part participate in our virtual events. And just for the record, we have affiliates, not chapters. <laughs> I know that I know that word is interchangeable, but yeah, they are they are affiliates. But yes, okay, yes, we do. That is the short. Um, that is the short answer. Yes, yes, we do. And people can find uh, these uh, meetup groups through the Black Nonbelievers website. Yes, where on the on where you can find the N. Um, there is a it, it's close to the top of our website you can join any one or you can find the one that's either closest to you or the best bet would be to join the atlanta which is the main the flagship uh, group and that's where we post all of our events so uh going back to the music again um another person was wondering how do you feel about gospel music when you hear it how do i feel about what gospel music uh, you know, it's funny because gospel was never one of my favorite genres. Some, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, gospel is, I used to sing Negro spirituals, you know, in churches and such, but like gospel um, for me, it's just, eh, I like some gospel songs. Uh, the, the lyrics, you know, um, are, can be quite, uh, they, they are quite polarizing to me. And to be honest, you know, I, as much as I now wince at some of the old hip, old school hip hop lyrics, I would rather listen to a song by Two Live Crew or someone that, than to listen to some gospel. Because, I mean, there's just some, you know, I mean, some of it is just, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, it can be very, and it was interesting because mentioned, uh, you know, referring to Juneteenth, right? There was a, uh, uh, they they had a quite a few like I guess gospel artists uh, after the church sermon, 
And it was just like, oh, geez, you know, it was just so indicative of, you know, just some of, you know, it was just so indicative some of the weird stuff that we see, you know, it's uh, of the, of the, of the weird glorified culture of the, you know, of religion in, in the black community. It's just <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Uh, but um, gospel, I mean, I don't knock it for people who still like it. And there are some people, there's still a lot of atheists who still like gospel. Um, it's just music. Right. But for me, it's not uh, hip hop and jazz are my favorite genres um but um i would say for go as gospel it's like it wasn't it, it wasn't a genre that i had to wrestle with i didn't have to say well you know i don't you know i, I don't believe anymore but you know i still like music and and for for me i, I don't i don't begrudge people who still like yeah. yeah i mean it might have to do maybe partially with uh growing up with it because i know that when uh, we would sing um, hymns or, or uh, good songs in church, like it would feel so good. And um, hearing some of those songs now, even then still kind of, even now kind of feels, feels good. And, uh, but I, I kind of grew up with it in some of my formative years. So perhaps gospel is something similar to that. Um, we got another question here. Uh, is uh, Black Knob Leavers involved with Ayan Hirsi Ali? I'm not sure who that person is. If, if, uh, no, um, I'm very much aware of who Ayan Hirsi Ali is. Um, now she has uh, been, I mean, I certainly respect her journey and how she escaped from Islam. Um, she is a, um, she is originally, I think, from Somalia um, and a former, a former Muslim. Uh, she has kind of aligned herself. I, I think, I don't think, you know, there are some, uh, I don't think, I think she would actually like, say she'd be one of those people who would say like why does there need to be a black non-believers to be honest i mean it, it's unfortunate but um but no we haven't and, and i ironically uh you know she spoke at the american atheist convention in memphis in 2015 and i didn't get a chance to see her um her presentation but uh, i really um you know she's she's kind of she's aired you know she she's been on like the conservative side of things and uh it's been a little disappointing but you know um i certainly respect you know her her journey and what she's been able to accomplish but no we are not directly um affiliated with her got it and um we have one final question before we uh uh, wrap this up um and you may not be able to answer this question but how many secular therapists are in the atlanta area how many yeah, how many therapists. secular therapists um that i don't know that might be a question for uh rfr the secular therapy project <laughs> now i do <laughs> know that one of our members in the augusta area was just um was just accepted into the program, uh, Jerry Smith. So uh, Augusta is about two and a half hours away from Atlanta. So um, uh, actually there is one, uh, there is another one, uh, Sa Sandria, um, uh, Sandria from My my Power, My Choice Counseling. I think y'all might've, I think y'all might've connected with her. She's recent to, you know, she recently moved here to the Atlanta area. And so, um, yeah, she, she is here now. So we're actually gonna have her as our guest speaker for our general meeting in August that we're having uh, here. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, I'm, I'm gonna try to see if we can stream it some way, 
but uh but yeah um, there is another now as far as others i think there are some but um i'm not sure of any more offhand that i can name uh, folks, if you are interested in uh, checking out if there's a secular therapist near you, um, it is like a directory. So uh, uh, me as a client, I would go in, create an account and uh, put in my zip code and um, be able to search within a certain radius or even the entire state as to uh, where secular therapy, who is nearby me or who can, who is in the directory. So head, I put a link in the chat and um, head to seculartherapy.org, set up an account and uh, put your zip code in. You'll be able to find a therapist near you. Um, and then actually we had one final question that came in that I thought was pretty darn cool. You had mentioned that you uh, were trained, a classically trained singer. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do you plan on making an album? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm not sure, but... I will um, say now that if you are already registered for Women of Color Beyond Belief, or if you aren't or interested, you will be seeing a special performance by me. I will, I will give that part away now. So I highly recommend that you register for the Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference so that you can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, it's so, it's so funny. I'm, um, I don't know about like doing a music, but I am involved with the Godless Gospel Project with Sam Parker from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. So he has uh, uh, put together. Uh, he puts. He's put. He's been working with and um, some other artists, my you know, um, and singers, and has written some songs. And uh, so, of course, the pandemic delayed everything, but. Um, I, I am a part of the Gospel Godless uh, project that should be debuting, hopefully in the near future. So even if it isn't my own album at some point, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I am involved with some musical projects. It does sound like there might be a demand for an album by Mandisa. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing in the chat. So. <laughs> Well, Mandisa, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on and telling us all about what Black nonbelievers do and, and the need that they fill. Recovering from Religion is a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There, you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering From Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering From Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast. You know what it's like to journey out of a once-cherished belief. Maybe you were devoutly religious, escaped a cult, or perhaps you simply navigated out of some very difficult days. And now you'd like to help someone else do the same. 
Recovering from Religion is a wonderful support organization for people who feel confused, troubled, and alone as they come to grips with the possibility that they no longer hold a religious belief or that they risk losing everything if they're honest with themselves and others about their journeys. These people need our help, and Recovering from Religion needs yours. RFR is seeking volunteers. Perhaps you're formerly religious, or you have a specific skill set like speaking a foreign language. Maybe you're just a good listening ear. The RFR Volunteer Training Program will help you translate those abilities into critical assistance, encouragement, and support for the men, women, and youth who contact RFR every day from all over the world. You can relate. You can understand. And you can make their journeys easier. Join the team at Recovering From Religion and remind someone else that they are not alone and someone is here to help. To find out more, click the Volunteer tab at recoveringfromreligion.org.